welcome to Podmon Adventure 02, the podcast where I can't believe I haven't killed myself. <laughs> and a Merry Christmas to you, one and all. Today we are watching episode 9 of Digimon Adventure 02, episode 63 of the franchise, The Emperor's New Home. And again, today is Christmas, and uh, we will hopefully have something special up for you guys later on the feed for Christmas, but right now we're going to watch this episode. Everybody knows Ken's secret, and they're probably not going to do anything drastic about it. But, uh, yeah, how's your how's your week, Nolan? How you been? Pretty good. Uh, just had a really good show with Be Good Elliot. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was a, good, it was a really good set. We uh, managed to get over 100 people to pay the door. Wow. I know, right? I think it's our record. It was 122 this time. But, yeah. Pretty pretty decent. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, give it up for Kyle. Fucking, yeah, Kyle. fucking killed it. We, ha- we have a new drummer. His name is Kyle, and he's very talented. He is. Um, oh. Let's see what else happened. Well, I have a prediction about this week's episode. Okay. If that'll help. Uh, it's Always. called the Emperor's New Home, right? Yeah. So what I'm expecting is that uh, uh, K- uh, Kenji, sure, his uh, his uh, <laughs> his 23 and Me will get back, showing that he has um, a good deal of Ashkenazi uh, <laughs> <laughs> Jewish heritage. Okay. Enough for him to be given a free trip to Israel. Oh. And just so happens, oh, there's a nearby Palestinian settlement that's uh, just so, so temptatiously resting on the edge of the West Bank. And uh, uh turns out Kenji can afford a machine gun <laughs> and um, <laughs> is just going to take what is uh, rightfully his, as as he's discovered from his 23andMe there that are he got a- back a week ago. Yeah, there were actually um, apartments already available that nobody was living in but that wasn't fun enough for him so he purposely sought out homes that people were still living in to to clear them out yeah and uh you know if he doesn't steal it somebody else will right so it's uh it's it's basically like he's not even doing it (laughs) (laughs) oh the world's a fucked up place uh from the river to the digital sea yeah christ um yeah, so I can't believe you'd advocate for genocide <laughs> on a platform, Zach. On a platform or like this specific one? Because I, I <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, God, now it's it's illegal to boycott. <laughs> what is that actual? Is that law actually on the books? Does that make any sense to anybody for real? I mean, I don't know. I we live in a post nine eleven world. You're right. Everything so is very stupid right now. Everything is very stupid, and Ooh, Trump got banned from the uh, Colorado primary. Okay, so whatever that fucking means. Right. Um. I feel like it doesn't mean a goddamn thing because it's not Digimon related. Well, <laughs> that has never stopped us before. Yeah, what yeah, I was yeah. just gonna say is like. He was never going to win Colorado. No. He would probably wouldn't have, like, I'm not even sure how Colorado, like, partitions their electoral, but he 
even if they like he wouldn't get anything that would move the needle in electoral votes in Colorado. So it's just it just feels like typical liberal yeah. posturing that people are are just going nuts about. It's like he can still win with the Colorado yeah. Colorado off the table. Yeah, it's just like I think they're trying to establish a precedent, but either way, it's not fucking going to mean shit unless... Right, and the thing is... The fact that it's left up to a state, anyway. Right, and the thing is, like, even if... you can be a felon and still run for president. Yeah, and... You can't vote in the fucking... for the presidency. Jesus Christ. Like, uh, it's just another, like, abstraction of the culture war... That yeah. has been absorbed into politics yeah, because, sure. like, if every single blue state, say, like, every single blue state, California, Illinois, every New York, they all, like, banned Trump from running. Well, okay, he wasn't going to win those states anyway. So, once again, it's going to come down to, like, whether or not Ohio or, you know, or the swing states do the same thing. Yeah. So, it's... It's just the election further removed from any, um, like, facsimile or a shadow of an actual, quote-unquote, democratic process. But it's still going to come down to the same thing, like, three states decide whether or not Trump is the, is the president again. Yeah. So, like, cool, good for Colorado, but in the end of the day, I, I don't think it— it certainly doesn't matter if just Colorado doesn't. I don't think it really matters if a bunch of states do it, unless for some reason um, a few red states decide to do it. And they won't, even if they don't like Trump, they hate the Democrats more. Yeah, the Democrats. Right. So. Everything's powerfully stupid right now. And incredibly so. It's like, I just don't know how anybody could be, like, happy with, the Democratic Party at this point in time at all. <laughs> you know, like, I, it's just the most, like, it's it's this, it's like a parody of itself. It's only become more of what it's always been in my lifetime, you know, which is just like an impotent sort of uh, masturbatory aid for people who like to pretend that they believe the right things, but whenever the push comes to shove, it's just more of the same status quo. Yeah, I'd... S- it's... It's virtue virtue signaling at the, at the end of the day. It's yeah. just c- cultural allegiances. Oh my god! And how up in arms they get about people saying, you know, I don't think I want to vote for this guy who's like actively funding a genocide and, uh, you know, hasn't done any of his campaign promises and was, you know, is like a million years old and doesn't represent any of our political uh, goals. Yeah, yeah, they'll jump down your throat and be like, "Oh, it looks like somebody wants Trump to win," and it's like, "Oh, you are the dumbest piece <laughs> of shit on the fucking earth." Like, how do you not see how this is just you being fucking turned out? Like, just you're just opening up your fucking boy pussy or girl pussy <laughs> or they them pussy, <laughs> and and, l- and just letting yourself get fucked over and over again just by the same fucking argument. Which is just, it's harm reduction. Well, okay. Tell that to the fucking Palestinian homes that got fucking obliterated. Right. Well, that's, yeah, that's the that's the thing. Like, there isn't... Tell that to Roe v. Wade, bitch. Right. Like, there's... 
there's no concern of any like even na- national egalitarianism like they just completely r- write off the the people yeah. within the polity yeah. that are pushed aside but certainly at an international level oh, it's yeah. just in it's just a the typical matter of in group and out group and you know like and they have absorbed rightfully so but they've absorbed the LGBTQ and um and and BIPOC and all and other groups into the in group, but still don't represent them. They still don't represent them, and they still like don't consider at the end of the day the lives and well being of the out group, uh, be it Palestinians or the the people like immigrants and stuff that they don't have to see face to face as yeah. being people worthy of respect or or whatever. Yeah, if you're if you're in any way alienated by your like socioeconomic position, you become nothing to any democratic leader. And and I, I hate that like I have to say that and then couch it in the like fucking uh you know, disclaimer that obviously I'm not fucking conservative, you know? Like right, I yeah. I don't know why I have to... Uh, bec- because it's, it's playing such a deliberate semantic game that only benefits people who are preserving the conservative aspects of the Democratic Party, you know? Yeah. Or even just the, the pro-capitalist ones. And look, I, I don't put much, if any, stock into into third parties i think that third parties are just a way to funnel people on the periphery back into electoral politics in a way that neutralizes them and keeps them from actually engaging in anything radical but that being said no if someone votes for uh Cornell West or RFK Jr. <laughs> Side note, why the fuck, what the fuck is wrong with you? Why? Yeah, I don't get the RFK thing. I the, really do not understand The it. only benefit of electing another Kennedy is because we're overdue for, for an pre- assassination. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but, like, if that's what people want to do, fine. That's not a vote for Trump. No. Like... Actually, if Biden can't win votes, that's on him. Yeah, and on you for not getting out there. And furthermore, you're into at the at the individual level. Your vote does not matter. <laughs> if you are in a solid red or blue state, it doesn't matter at fucking all. It is entirely theatrics. It is entirely um, just a ritual. But even in a swing state, your individual vote does not matter blocks matter like if you want to move the needle then get out there and convince people to vote for your for your person but if all you're doing is just hammering at people because they're not you haven't done anything and you going to the polls isn't going to fucking change any anything no matter whether you vote for Biden or Trump it's a drop in the in the fucking pond even ignoring like the electoral college and all of that shit so it's just it's just a ritual to soothe 
your your position in the system. Yeah, if the Digimon Emperor is going to get into power, the Digimon Emperor is going to get into power. Gotcha. You know, they're they've already the die has been cast. You know, yeah. like the the fucking shit's already in motion. And if if you're not out there, I don't know, fucking building dual powers, which I'm certainly not. I'd like to. Right. But. So uh, before we go on to this episode, <laughs> um, we have, it's been a couple weeks. Mail's been running slow. Uh, shout out to our, uh, our, our good old uh, delivery drivers this, this holiday season. It's always a rough time on the boys and girls out there. Oh, bringing you your shit. Do we but not have a letter? We do have a letter. We oh, have a, we have a Christmas letter. Well, that's good. Yeah. Um, and this is from a uh, Susie Johnson, and Susie writes, "Dear Santa, this year for Christmas, I would like Barbie Playhouse." Season 5 of Stargate SG-1 on DVD. <laughs> and for you to pledge your vote for Donald Trump n- <laughs> next November in the general election. Oh, damn it, Susie. And if you could... What a fucking Battlestar fan. <laughs> and if you could get all the elves to vote for Trump as well, I think we could, we could take Alaska... Which apparently is a crucial battleground state in next year's election. <laughs> really? Uh, yeah, that's I guess where we're at. That's where we're this at. This is so fucking stupid. <laughs> Who gives a shit what Alaska has to think about anything? Hey, I'm just reading what what Susie wrote. I'm not in. First of all, I'm not entirely sure how old Susie is, um, because the you know the Barbie Playhouse is it all in has caps? an indication. <laughs> Oh, yeah, of course. And it's a lot of misspelling. But again, that doesn't tell me much of anything. Uh, yeah, it's not doing um, much worse, is it? But, but then uh, Stargate SG-1. Yeah. It's so, like. It's up there. That's I, up there. Yeah. I think she either has a very. Uh, and please, Santa, impeach Biden. <laughs> please, Santa. With love, put Christ in Christmas, Susie. Well, thank you, Susie. Why is she saying that to Santa? It seems <laughs> hey, it's it's her wish list. Yeah, that seems a little crazy. Yeah, isn't he? The, isn't he who they're blaming for the Christ not being in Christmas? There, like, that would imply a coherency in their <laughs> in their politics. Yeah, All right, fine. Well, thank you, Susie, and we'll be right back with this episode, and. We'll probably tie it back into the hellscape we live in. (laughs) We always do. Be right back. All right, and welcome back. We have returned. We have returned. Gleaned the incandescent message of this episode of Digimon Adventure Zero Two, which began with uh, a shot of uh, Kenji, a whole scene of (laughs) sort of exploring his motivations and his... uh, Recent uh, news uh, spot. Yeah, based he, on him. Yeah, he's in a sour mood, uh, watching himself just be a tool on television. Yeah, ha- I having mean, to put up a front. 
I mean, Jesus fucking Christ, what a fucking asshole. Yeah, for sure. Like, what an impossibly <laughs> shitty person who's even his fake uh, persona is annoying and shitty. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so, like, condescending and narcissistic. Yeah. <laughs> like, Just you, could a tool. Le- you could at least have the... F- like, I get it. He's He's super talented and super smart, but, like... Nobody gives a fuck if you're not fun to be around. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's just, he's just being a smarmy dick to this, to this reporter, and then... She's eating it up, though. Yeah. Like, she, she's just, just loving every minute of it. Uh, come on, people, get better, get better role models, not this fucking, like, self-obsessed 12-year-old kid. Yeah, he, Christ. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's no Kari. <laughs> he's he's no Kari, but we'll That's get we'll sure. get to that. Yeah, um, and and his teacher or principal or whoever comes up and asks him to help him with the game Donkey Madness, and even when Ken's being like putting a front of being helpful, he's still a dick about it. Yeah. Um. Back back at home, Ken's mom made him his his favorite meal. Which was what was it? Something to do with lumpy, lumpy, lumpy mashed, mashed potatoes. potatoes, and s- that was the only part I actually caught. Yeah, because that's why. Uh, but he sulks to his room to. People like him lumpier. I mean, I've always liked a creamier mashed potato. S- same. Um, but he sulks to his room to yell out the window at the city, like a narcissistic douchebag. Back yeah. in the digital world, warm. They're all ants. <coughs> nothing, but, nothing but fears. Living their meaningless lives while I sit up here and stand and with my thumb up my ass. <laughs> so, so much better than them. Um, but yeah, all this is going through through Ken's head. Um, no self-awareness. Like, Wormon tries to cheer him up, but he just sulks off and ignores him. Meanwhile, the group tells Izzy about Ken, and uh, Izzy decides that they should track him down and kill him. Well, yeah. he doesn't say that, but it's it's implied. Basically, yeah. Yeah. Izzy's adopted. He is not bound by your conventional <laughs> feeble moral laws. Uh, yeah, Izzy, an actual superior being, isn't held back <laughs> right. by things like morality yeah. or ethics. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, He's just all about the net, preserving yeah. preserving the digital world. Right. Um, but yeah, they decide to, yeah, like you said, hunt down Kenji. In, in, the, in the real world, and yeah, I guess I guess beat him up. Yeah, uh, Yoli is still down bad. Yeah, she is. <laughs> Despite her realization last episode, she still she still wants some of that uh, boy genius. <laughs> right, evil genius penis. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, oh, but apparently, so does uh, Kenji's manager, because uh, after the uh, conversation with the reporter. Uh, Kenji's manager uh, is <laughs> getting really like personal and weird with him, and, and like forgetting that he's an adult. Right. W- uh, fucked up thing for a guy who has unlimited access to a, a small boy <laughs> to be saying, and uh, he's also uh, trying to goad uh, uh, video game secrets out of Kenji, and he he fucking hates that. Just just thought we'd mention that. I yeah. Think it's just another wrinkle here. Uh, and then they're all just just trash talking. Ken, um, and and Kari says something like, 
his face like makes him look so sweet and innocent. And Tico, TK goes, yeah, but his haircut makes him look like you, Kari. <laughs> like, yeah, like what's a girl. The, <laughs> yeah, what's the implication there? <laughs> yeah. I will say that uh, people. I was at my dad's house and he was and he was watching Fox News and they said boys that look like girls are evil. <laughs> uh, it's weird though. TK is he's with the mom, right? Yeah, he was, he was <laughs> at his at his dad's house yeah, visiting was, Matt. Yeah, Dad was yelling at Matt about. <laughs> <laughs> so Izzy finds Ken's apartment, but when we go to Ken's apartment, he's not home. Nope. Um, There's a bunch of police cars outside, which I thought it was originally implying that when uh, his parents bust into his room to mm -hmm. try and find him, yeah, that they found, you know, I mean, we didn't, I don't want to bring this up yet again on our <laughs> podcast, <laughs> but they found his computer and then the next <laughs> scene, there's a bunch of cop cars pulling up to his house. <laughs> All I'm cool. saying is they were reacting like they didn't just find an upsetting diary on Ken's computer. Yeah, his his dad, who we find out this episode has a violent streak. <laughs> yeah, Jesus <laughs> Christ. He needs to bre break things. Like right. He has a compulsion to just destroy. Uh, and to beat women with a stick. Yeah. Uh, they, bring into his, <laughs> they break into his room, and they find a note on his computer. Seriously, what a fucking douchebag. Yeah, why would you leave evidence like that? Well, I quite like... At least password protect your fucking evil master plan. Uh, okay, you know? on on one hand, it's like I wasn't kidnapped. I I left, but yeah. also it's like on one hand it's kind of considerate, but also it's like for him to be like fuck worms, you. right? Fuck you guys, your meaningless yeah. lives or whatever, like pretentious bullshit yeah. that he's that he said. If he actually was earnestly felt that way, he wouldn't have left any fucking. You know what I mean? Like yeah. this is all just downwind of his narcissistic personality. Disorder. Right. Ex exactly. Like he he needed them to know that he left. He needed them yeah. to know that he thinks little of them, and like he yeah. he gets off on that. This is why you don't praise children. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they get a bunch of fucking high-minded ideas about it, and I'm glad. I'm glad I never got complimented as a child. <laughs> I'm just playing. Um, nope, those wounds are not healed. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so Ken's been busy filling up the digital world with more control spires. Kind of feels like the we've wasted our time in retrospect the last last few weeks of clearing up so much of his bullshit in the digital yeah. world. Because he just farted out a bunch of black squares. Yeah. Just immediately. Uh, maybe this was his whole plan. He's just goading out the meager resistance from the Digidestin so that he could, you know, spread his, his black evil <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> right. Uh, so the kids head to the digital world, and they arrive in a fiery, volcanic location. A bunch of Merrimon attack them, and they fight fire with fire, which yeah, does yeah. not work. So they fight fire with wind. It also doesn't work. Yeah, this is a uh, this is a real world lesson in physics the kids are getting right now, or yeah. a digital world. Instead of spending lesson. all day apparently at school in the computer lab, they should have gone to one physics class. Yeah. At least. Uh, meanwhile, Ken captures Greymon. Uh, Digmon drops the Marimon into lava. 
so they're obviously fine. Yeah, exactly. They're fine. Uh, that's where they hang out, right? That's <laughs> yeah, just, that's yeah, yeah. That's just to take just a bath for them. A uh, Pegasus Mon shoots stars at them, which that does something. Works. It did something. Yeah, it dazed them. I think at least. It, it, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, no idea what the what the like uh rock paper scissors pokemon logic is on just like raw cosmic energy i assume that the the jesus powers mm-hmm. um will negate the you know the hellfire yeah I okay th- that I, makes sense i would assume uh ken Bryn brings in greymon and makes him digivolve but instead of metal greymon it's Skull Greymon. Oh, yeah. Because his, his heart was in the wrong place, much like Ty's in the first season. I think it's because he can't control him. Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. Because, uh, yeah, Kenton can't control him, and he goes berserk, which... So this is... We haven't seen Skull Greymon since episode... Uh, I want to say, like... 16 I think of the first season mm. um and it's the same thing both both times out of control digivolution uh super powerful but can't be reined in it would be it would have been fun and I once you get to the to the megas I guess it's a moot point but it would have been fun if at least one time because it seems implied that Skull Greymon is really fucking powerful for an ultimate, but is just uncontrollable. And it would have been really fun yeah. to fun to have like one time, um, just a like a trump card situation where they don't like Metal Greymon's not enough, and they had to make Ty had to make him digivolve to Skull Greymon oh, and just yeah. like that'd be cool. That'd be a cool wrinkle. Uh, but. I will just say it doesn't ever happen, but uh, I'm trying. It's there. It's in the soup somewhere. It's in the soup somewhere. Uh, thick writers get on that. I would enjoy enjoy reading a uh, like a skull Greymon kind of thing. Send it to us at dearpodmon at gmail dot com. The Digimon attacks Skull Greymon, or rather, they run after him and get knocked out one by one. It goes pretty much like the last time they fought Skull Greymon. Uh, he's just going nuts. He blows up the spire. Yeah. Ken, Ken calls in the Dark Tyrannomon. That goes about as well, well as you'd expect. Yeah, they just get swept off the board in one move. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And Skull Greymon runs out of steam and digivolves back to to Agumon, which surprises Kari, but I guess she wasn't there the last time. No. Uh, I think TK would have said something, but... Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, you didn't know. Um, but yeah, Ken recaptures him, and Ken has taken over Agumon's area, and yeah, we're in a... we're in a bit of a... of a pickle jar here. <laughs> so that is... The end of part one. Um, well, first of all, any good, any oh, yeah. good words? Man, this this episode was had some good ones. Whenever Kenji is pretending to be normal, I guess he mm-hmm. he says, "There's nothing I love more than being average," <laughs> <laughs> which is just like that's how little he thinks of of people that like 
he can invent a personality that has just so nothing to it. Right. He can just say, there's nothing more I love than being average. (laughs) (laughs) It's almost like a Hillary Clinton levels of like incapable of being a human. Um, Yeah. uh, We had uh, the manager saying, I always forget that I'm an adult, which like in a previous shot, like up until the last frame of this motion that he does, looks like he's about to mouth kiss mm-hmm. Kenji. Yeah, it's, it's pretty upsetting. But really, he was just leaning into to talk video game secrets, which is also creepy for an adult to do to a child. Anyway, um, uh, he also says before he leaves, the the manager says to Kenji, "You're the best, even better than a graphics accelerator card," which is just the most pedophile thing I've ever <laughs> heard somebody say. I just don't know why that's so upsetting to me. For just an adult man to say to a kid, it's like, hey, fellow teen, I <laughs> sure do love those graphics accelerator cards and also your little boy pussy. <laughs> All right. Anyway. Um, yeah, the, uh, TK, whenever they're uh, talking about this TV spot that Kenji did, mm-hmm. said that he saw the it on a... Um, a program that apparently exists called the Genius, Genius Parade, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which is just, just that's upsetting. Anyway, um, yeah, we had, but his haircut looks like Yukari. Uh, we have also got, <laughs> I don't, um, <laughs> uh, keep in mind, I'm talking about the pants here, like, uh, like the lo- elongated, you know, knickerbockers. Um, we had <laughs> one of, uh, <laughs> One of the kids say, what are knickers? <laughs> uh, just going to move along from that one. Um, uh, we've, oh, yeah, we also mentioned the dad saying whenever uh, he's like, I'm going to break down the the, the <laughs> door to Kenji's room to, to see if he's okay. <laughs> the mom's like, well, don't break the door. He's like, I got to break something. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, and then Yoli, whenever they're jumping into the digital world, says, let's go get that evil cute guy, which, yeah, she's still down bad. Yeah. Uh, okay, so rewinding a little bit, when Ken captures Greymon, yeah, Greymon's like, "I'll fucking fight you! I'll fight you right well, now! I'll you fight you one on one! I'll fight bitch. you right now, you little punk bitch!" And and Ken goes, "I'd much rather play Fear Throw." Grandma's like, "Well, I hate Fear Throw." Okay, first of also, all, not a sphere. Not a sphere. Second of all, Ring Toss is right there. Ring Toss was right there. <laughs> You're a genius, man. Yeah. He doesn't know his shapes, though. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, uh, analyzing time. Uh, I, I guess we should put Maramon on the board. Uh, yeah, I guess he's already up the up there, isn't he? Oh yeah. I mean, well, uh, well, we need that. Yeah. yeah. New. Um, it's, are we basing like the entirety of what we know about Maramon, or just no? It just h- from his uh, yeah appearance in this appearance season? in this episode. Yeah. Ooh, I gotta say. Did not the coolest. When it was like one Marimon just like running at the, the Digidestin from right. the distance. Yeah. And it had all this like weird like pop and circumstance because we were like experiencing it from the village right. of those very fragile smaller Digimon. So it seemed like a bigger threat. But just like a bunch of Marimon who are not like openly attacking but are just like sort of making gestures of attacks. Right. And are, um, you know just sort of in their element and like their main thing is just they're not going down whenever they're being attacked. It's the only <laughs> real thing that's happening. That is another thing with um I guess part of it's because like this isn't our first 
foray into the digital world, but it felt like those first like batch of villains, like the early uh uh black gear yeah. villains were attached to like something like a story beat right or an environment or yeah, like a mystery some yeah some it wasn't just like oh here's a monster for us for us to fight but it was we, like yeah. a new a new location like with Andromon or uh Monzemon or even the, Shelmon had right. like a reason to be where he was and like posed a new and unique threat. Right. Like they were trying like when the Unimon attacked them, they were trying to to climb up uh climb up the cliff to get a better view or or whatever. Yeah. Um and of course Maramon, as you said, with the village, and it feels like they've all just been like everything around the villain so far has yeah. been inconsequential. Yeah. It's just been... He's at the heart of every Nothing. Issue. Nothing in the first season feels like cannon fodder or monster of the week, even if you look at it objectively, it is. Yeah. It still is tied into the story in some way, but everything yeah. has felt like just monster of the week, just throwing something out with no rhyme or reason to it. Yeah, so the Maramon don't represent anything between the conflict... Uh, or in the conflict between the kids and Kenji. Right. You know? Whereas, like, you could look at any of the individual Digimon that fight them in the in the first season, and you can connect it to the story beat. And that's how, like, action should generally work in a narrative. It should right. not be a separate thing that allows the plot to happen around it. It should be the plot in, in, in addition. You know, like, the, right. the fight should be the story playing out. It's very... Uh it's very Power Rangers yeah. in, like, the, God, probably close to 500 or so episodes that I've watched. It's actually very, very rare that what you would think would be the formula, which would be, like, the kids have a problem in the in the real world, and it is connected to the monster that they, they fight that yeah. week, is actually very, very rare huh. to happen in that show. It's usually just... There's a problem that they have has nothing to do with the monster that's thrown at them that week. They fight the monster. They solve the problem separately. And the season felt a lot like that. Like you have Ken in the like Reader Repulsa, Lord yeah. Zed kind of kind of role of just th throwing things at them, but always being himself removed from the conflict, even yeah. though they could just go after him. And kill him, or he, knowing who they are, could just go after, or just sick his like thousands of sycophantic followers on them. Yeah, in the in the real world, get them canceled. Right? Know? Yeah, exactly. But anyway, um, so Maramon, um, is he a Dell or is he a Gateway? I I mean, was Dell RD? Uh, yeah. So we've got Samsung, Apple, Lenovo, HP, Dell, and Gateway. Uh, yeah, I'm going to say Dell. Dell, yeah. Because he still looks cool. He right. is still a man made of fire. Yeah. And that's that gets you at least not to be a fucking Gateway. <laughs> <laughs> um, what about Skull Greymon? Skull Greymon, okay. Um, I would say higher. 
but only for the again the design factors taking pretty far here. Yeah, and just the the unexpected nature of it, which isn't necessarily something that is like attributed to Skull Greymon specifically. But if we're just gonna, yeah, I think if we connect it to just to everything that's associated with Skull Greymon in this episode, I'd say it's a little bit higher. So what's our C? Um. Okay, our C is Lenovo. Lenovo. Would you see any reason to put him higher or lower? Um, I would say to put him higher because. Okay, do you do you think Red Vegemon and Roachmon were better than Skull Greymon? Kind of. They said things and were like, yeah, that's fair. In the scene, a little bit more entertaining. I I feel like if Skull Greymon. I mean, the fact that he actually did say things, he yeah. actually said his attack name instead of just, like, roaring like he did the last time, yeah. is actually a knock against him. Yeah. I feel like having a personality goes against him being right. an uncontrollable force of nature. Yeah. Is it's, like, it's like Unicron or something like that. It's almost like the more he talks, the more it's... Right. Um, so I, I don't... Less intimidating. Although that was Orson Welles. And this so I, I wouldn't compare him to Red Vegemon and Roachmon on the basis of him not having a personality, because that would be a detraction for me. Sure. Uh, okay. But... We can put him up a little higher if, you, if he's... If it's want. really... If he's... And it, it could be just diminishing returns. It could be the fact that he spoke. I'm not sure, but I'm not sure if he felt as imposing no. this time as he did the first time. I think also the fragility of his surroundings has a lot to do with how imposing he is. Yeah. Like, Godzilla is the most terrifying whenever he's in, like, the center of a city, Metropolitan, yeah. You know? Yeah, for sure. Where there's a lot at risk. But, you know, you put Godzilla out in space, and you might get a fun movie out of it, but you'll, uh, you know, the, the risks aren't aren't there. It's not as, as compelling in that aspect. So, yeah, we'll go with, we'll go with, Len- with Lenovo. Um if he shows back up next episode, then and we're further impressed, then we yeah, might we'll we might up. scoot him up. But for now, we'll stick with that. What about Dark Tyrannomon? Oh yeah, Dark Tyrannomon. I almost forgot about him. I'm gonna say Gateway because they just showed up and immediately got wrecked. Did nothing really. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't. I'd barely even count them since they only like they didn't even attack the kids. They just went after yeah. Skull Greymon. But yeah, we'll put them in Gateway. I can't remember if they if they have another another showing later or not, but they're there for now. Yeah. Um okay, and this episode. This episode. I am gonna say uh, Damn, it's actually hard to say. That's not a it's not a rotten egg. Or what what was is that the that's the lowest one, right? Yeah, a goose egg, rotten goose egg, egg. Yeah, yeah. Um, goose egg, bad egg, good egg, or Fabergé egg. I could say this is probably not a Fabergé. Um, it's, I don't know if it's a good one either. I guess I'm 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 between good and bad because this wasn't an absolute dog shit episode, but it was uh, not my favorite. Yeah, and um, I would say with a multi-parter. Right. You know? Yeah. Because uh, I feel like the the most important thing that's happening in this episode is the sort of 
deeper look into Kenji's psychology. Right. The important things in this episode could basically be summed up as Ken is now full-time in the digital world, mm-hmm. and he has captured Agumon. Yeah. Everything else is really just padding around those yeah. those two things. Um, like, the kids didn't get a win No. this episode. Skull Greymon took out the tower and their opponents. So the the kids were basically just just there to witness uh Skull Greymon go berserk and not be able to do anything about it <clears throat> and can recapture him. Um I don't know, like if the episode's goal is to simply get me hooked to the point where I want to see Ken lose and I want Agumon to be saved, then I'd say it's a good episode. Right. And that probably is all it's really trying to do in, in terms y- of... Yeah. But, you know, some stuff that didn't land, some set pieces that weren't... Like, there's no reason for them to have been in the volcano area with Marimon. Right. It connected nothing to nothing, and it... The, that like we were saying, that conflict had no connection to the overall. Yeah, I I think it story. was just to like and Ken could have attacked them with Skull Greymon literally anywhere. Yeah, um, but I think it was just. It might have been cooler to bring them back to the fucking Coliseum from the first. Yeah, uh, that would that would have been really fucking fucking cool. Mm. Um, or if Ken had some like ability to. Uh, force them into certain areas throughout the like the portals in the in the digi uh, digital world, you know, like right because then he could like really stick it to them when they got there, and then it's like no matter what happened from that point on, the conflict would be related to Kenji's uh you know uh, accelerated conflict with with them if they had uh. If they had done it in the Yokomon village. Yeah. That would have been, yeah. Because then it could have been our Marimon. Yeah. That we've already, like, met before. And it could be just the one. Just just the one uh, who's supposed to be, like, their protector and, yeah. and everything. But now he's a, he's attacking them. And again. They, again. And you can still have the thing of, like, oh, fuck, this guy's made of fire. Yeah, and we don't have anything that is equipped to to handle that. You don't That's have to have. <laughs> you don't have to have. Yeah, besides the fault in our stars, um, <laughs> you don't have to have three Marimon to have that conflict. It's much no. more personal. If it's a one we already know, just like Andromon a couple episodes ago, yeah. and B if it's just one of them. And also, you can solve that conflict, and then Skull Greymon comes in, and, like... Then Marimon has to fight Skull Greymon. Yeah. And maybe has to, like, team up with the Dark Tyrannomon who are being manipulated. And then maybe those Dark Tyrannomon can uh, be saved by that Marimon releasing them. And and also, you... Yeah, yeah, we haven't had any yet, but, like, this... Like this, uh, this Digimon franchise isn't afraid of of death, and we know that 
Digimon that die return to primary village, but the sting of death still hits. You could have him fucking stomp a couple of Yokomon, and then yeah, this iteration of Skull Greymon is more imposing. Yeah, and than than the one from the first season. He's got a kill but, count. You know? Yeah, exactly. He's a bunch of up into his mouth. So like you could solve a lot of the issues with the episode with just changing the location. But I feel like they just put it in the like volcano area because it would be cool to see like fire exploding around Skull Greymon as he was going berserk, like just yeah. some demon in hell thing. Which sure it is, but it's not as impactful as actually doing something that drives the story more. Um, so I, I am also torn because... I think we can call it a bag, bad egg and then yeah. just hope that the, the rest of this three-parter I think sort of it, develops. I think it does. I just don't think this episode on its own. feels unfocused. It feels unfocused. Even by Digimon standards. Yeah, and it feels like it's uh, too too narrowed in on setting up the next couple of episodes and doesn't satisfy on its own yeah. merits, which again is always the tricky part about multi-parter uh, episodes. But I hope and I believe that we will have better luck next time when we watch episode 10 The Captive Digimon. Mm -hmm. We will be back next week and next year. So oh Mary shit. Yeah. So Merry Christmas and a happy then. See you in 2024. <laughs> Bye.